No matter what the media reports or fails to report on, this was about showing the radical left how ridiculous their worldview actually is. And of course, Trump is gagged in his case over January 6th. So Trump being gagged by another federal judge, that's not election interference. But Doug Mackey, a meme maker, gets sent to jail for, elect for making memes, and that's election interference. The country you grew up in no longer exists. The gulags are here now. This isn't just about throwing Doug in jail. This is about shutting up everyone that would potentially speak out against the corrupt regime under which we live in, to silence you, to make you terrified about what you post online, to make you scared to speak your voice. Well, guess what? Guess what, regime? I'm still here. Poso is still standing. All of us are still standing. And you know what? We're not going to stop. We're not going to th stop throwing up pictures of Doug or Ricky Vaughn, his account from 2016. We're not going to stop posting memes. We're not going to spe stop speaking truth to power. This will be appealed. We're going to go to memedefensefund.com. And when Donald J. Trump takes the oath of office on January 20th, 2035 at high noon, he will pardon Doug Mackey on day one. You can take that to the bank. He's coming back, Doug's getting pardoned, all the J6ers are being pardoned, and all of you are going to be the ones facing jail sentences. Just wait. We're coming. The great absurdity, that's what I'm calling it. Our American justice system's near total failure, folks. And welcome back to Truth Thursday here on the Rob Mana Show live on the Red Voice Media Network, where we bring you the facts and the truth. And once upon a time, somebody said we were a dangerous network because we do that because we don't care if it makes you mad or not. And welcome to our X Spaces simulcast audience that's live. We look forward to hearing from you guys over there, and we appreciate you. Well, what does the great absurdity look like? Well, first, our federal law enforcement has spent the last three years tracking down mostly MAGA grandmas and grandpas to prosecute for trespassing on January 6th, making up charges like seditious conspiracy resulting in decades-long sentences, inflating domestic violent extremist numbers to create the mythical internal terror threat from mostly white male citizens, investigating a meme maker's political speech who is now sentenced to seven months in prison, and that's not even close to everything. Oh, and yeah, FBI Director Ray and the politicians now say they're concerned about lone wolf attacks because of the crazy Hamas Nazis. They're not concerned. They don't care if we were attacked because if they were, the U.S.-Mexico border would be locked down tighter than a tick, as my granddaddy used to say. It's easy for Islamic jihadi Nazis to infiltrate our neighborhoods, folks. My guest today is Steve Friend, author of True Blue, My Journey from Beat Cop to FBI Whistleblower. He's also a former state and federal law enforcement officer with more than 10 years of experience. He worked as a patrolman, a narcotics agent in Savannah, Georgia, before joining the FBI in 2014. He investigated violent crimes and major offenses occurring on Indian reservations in Northeast Nebraska for seven years and was also a member of the FBI Omaha SWAT team. He transferred to Daytona Beach, Florida, to investigate child exploitation and human tracking, trafficking, and, and then he was reassigned to investigate those domestic terrorism folks. 
Well, Steve became an FBI whistleblower in 2022 after making protected disclosure to the Congress about the FBI's questionable, manipulative investigations of January 6th protesters. Steve, sir, welcome to The Rob Mada Show. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, you saw the opening clip there. I wanted to get your, your take on what's happened uh, with this uh, really an all-out assault on political speech. You know, Doug Mackey, uh, a.k.a. Ricky Vaughn, uh, was a meme maker, you know, and uh, he made a meme that was a spoof meme uh, and said bad things about Hillary Clinton, and now he's going to prison for seven months. Could have been worse, really. Yes, I believe that uh, really this just demonstrates how the social compact, as, as you and I understood it when we were in school and learned about our Constitution and, and government, uh, that, that's been completely broken by the left wing in this country. And you, you take no better example than, than Doug Mackey and exercising his First Amendment rights, and uh, he's going to be persecuted and now in prison because of it. And then similarly, you look at the gag order that was placed uh, recently on Donald Trump in his, his trial. Uh, they, they, the judge in that case said that uh, he, he does not have all his rights because he is under indictment and under, uh, under suspicion of having committed crimes. Well, I'm, last I checked, people in prison have free speech rights, so apparently he has less rights than anybody who's actually been convicted of a crime. Yeah, and uh, you know, the FBI did a long investigation on Mackey. It seems like a awfully, in addition to the attack on rights, which is the most serious part of it, uh, it seems like an awfully big misuse of r r scarce resources, you know? I mean, I've been an it, executive in the federal government uh, in, on the military side uh, several times, uh, and uh, uh, for, for me to make a decision to apply that level of resources to a case like this, uh, uh, the leadership must have placed it at the highest priority for nobody to step up and say, wait a minute, this is a dumb idea. I think you might have misspoke with leadership. Uh, we call it management in the FBI because there actually are no leaders once you ascend that ladder. Uh, but really, if you want to ascend in the FBI, you never say no to a bad idea. And clearly the appetite for these types of defendants is, is really great and un unsatiable from our ruling elite. And the FBI, as the teeth on the attack dog, is all too happy to comply with that. And they will throw whatever resources need be at it in order to, to send the message. And that's, that's the real problem here beyond the uh, atrocious nature and, the, and the, the fact that that's an atrocity that somebody just exercises their free, free speech and uh, can be in prison for it. Uh, but there's going to be a chilling effect here that I think the FBI sees as an added bonus. I sort of compare it to the, the speed sign on the side of the road when you're driving that detects your speed and presents it for you. It puts in the back of your head that, well, there might be a cop up here who's gonna write me a ticket, so I'm gonna slow it down. They've sent that message, but, and clearly it's not going to be a traffic ticket. It's going to be a threat of a decade in prison. Yeah, I mean, uh, when you think about historically uh, just about elections in the United States of America, I mean, they've, they've been pretty raucous uh, throughout our history. You know, I mean, we're a lot more civilized today, but, uh, you know, they used to throw throw uh, stuff at each other uh, during debates at town hall meetings and, and those kind of things and political campaigns. and. Uh, all kinds of stuff. And uh, now you can't even make fun of a presidential candidate uh, and uh, and communicate spoofing, obvious, doing obvious spoofing. I think he communicated something about, you know, send out a text message if you want to vote for Hillary Clinton or something like that. Uh, it, it's just absurd. Uh, and then when you see on the other side, and, and I was wondering what your concern is about this and what you might think the agents, the field, you know, the line agents may be talking about, is that 
uh, on the other side, you can easily find a political meme that's almost identical to what Mackey did that got he got convicted for on the other side very recently, even like there's nobody in doing massive investigations on those people. No, there isn't. And, and you'll never run out of ammunition if you want to talk about a two-tiered system of justice or the hypocrisy that's been on display here, especially in the last few years. Just compare and contrast to these these uh, FACE Act violations where they've gone after pro-life protesters standing outside an abortion clinic and threatened them with a decade in prison and, and gone after Mark Houck for defending his child. Uh, meanwhile, there's been 88 documented attacks on crisis pregnancy centers around the country since the Dobbs decision was leaked, and uh, the FBI has made no progress in any of those. And, and that's just one example, and, and you take uh, any sort of political persecution. What folks need to understand is that the FBI has completely pulled its mask off now. It is a politicized and weaponized agency that's it's very happy to do the bidding of uh, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue or whoever is really calling the shots here, and they are willing to reinterpret the law if need be. January 6th, that, that obstruction of an official proceeding, that, that felony charge that hundreds of individuals have been threatened with in order to compel them to plead guilty, that's, that's a tax law. And then the, uh, the FBI and the DOJ have taken that tax law and reinterpreted it to apply to the January 6th defendants because they want to uh, coerce them to plead guilty and then actually uh, put felonies on folks for committing at worst a trespass. Yeah, you, you've been working in the court system too as an agent. I mean, all the law federal law enforcement folks uh, have uh, interface with the court system. Do you think that has a chance of surviving uh, the appellate process uh, with that application of the law? Because it is a novel theory, what they call a novel application theory for, uh, for this law. And, Usually law is supposed to be applied according to what the intent of Congress was. Uh, and sometimes that's vague and hard to spell out, uh, but, uh, but it doesn't seem like it is in this case. No, it doesn't. It's completely just reinterpreting the law to go after your perceived political enemies or, or just finding the man and show me, uh, show me the crime. Uh, I would hope that in a uh, alleged land of the free that our judiciary system would uh, not hold these charges. But then again, I've, I've watched the due process or lack thereof that's happened in that Washington, D.C. district. And I'm enormously concerned because the, the appellate process is going to go again in, into a Washington, D.C. district. And I, I don't know beyond a, a Supreme Court ruling what's going to, uh, to save these people from that, that clearly weaponized interpretation of the law. Yeah, as a layman, uh, that's what I think is going to have to happen. It's going to have to make it to the Supreme Court before there's any kind of uh, overturning or tweaking uh, of this application, in my opinion. There's a, there's a fundamental problem here where the, the priorities of our government, and specifically the FBI and then the DOJ, uh, are off the rails. I mean, look, uh, I can't take credit for this. I believe Bill Shipley actually coined it, but I, I, I'm, I'm going to adopt it here. Victory for the government should be the process affording your citizens due process rights. The win and loss column doesn't matter to a federal prosecutor. They have to make sure that any defendant in their court is presumed innocent until proven guilty, and then present the facts, and then a jury of their peers is going to make that determination. But there shouldn't be an effort to just get the victory at all costs. And, and, and we've seen no greater example of how that's not been applied than has, has happened in Washington, D.C. with all these January Sixers who, and they're not getting a, a fair trial, uh, even the jury pools are completely biased. Uh, you have judges that have demonstrated their 
and even saying from the stand that they considered themselves victims of this case. And then that's uh, that's unacceptable, wholly unacceptable in a uh, in a fair uh, an impartial system where you know your lady justice is supposed to have a blindfold on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's go over to our live audience on Spaces. Cat uh, uh, is the uh, producer over there that's uh, uh, managing uh, that crowd. So, Cat, I uh, see a hand up there. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, take our question. Yeah, Texas, um, Elizabeth from Texas. Sorry, hey, Elizabeth. I said that backwards. Thank you. One of my questions to you is: Is this is this stuff with the FBI, is it going down to the lower offices where before it was just at the D.C. office with all the uh, bureaucracy? Yeah, so yeah, it absolutely is. And look, I, I will say right now here, I, I am done issuing the qualifier of the good men and women, the rank and file of the FBI. I'm no longer going to give them that. Here's what you have to understand when you join the FBI. You go to specific training at the Holocaust Memorial and the MLK Memorial, and you learn that it's incumbent on you with your oath of office to throw the flag if the FBI is off the rail. And they're not doing that. They see what's gone on. It's it's all with, with anybody with ears to hear and eyes to see. It, the FBI is completely out of control, and they're just going along, and they're just following orders. The banality of evil is a real thing that exists in up and down. Uh, even in the smallest resident agencies, as folks are going ahead and just following orders and, and bringing folks into custody and using aggressive techniques to to do that, throwing SWAT on guys who, in my office, we we're going to use SWAT to arrest an individual who pledged to be cooperative. So uh, I, I think that uh, we we need to really stop giving the benefit of the doubt. And and here's the the really the uh, the prime directive here that exists that is the greatest overall problem is the fact that the FBI has a quota system. It's called integrated program management, and it dictates the number of cases and arrests and tools that have to be used every year. And as a result of that, it, in, it inverts the incentive structure in the FBI because you're incentivized to bring the crime stats up. And everybody is always trying to check the necessary boxes, especially when it comes to domestic terrorism, because the demand for that is very high. And the supply of it, fortunately, if you're an American citizen, is very low in this country. But the FBI, is, if you ask for it, they will provide it for you. And everyone is doing that work. So that, that mentality has permeated. And, and, and finally, I'll end with this. The quota system ends to financial compensation for senior executives. They're pressuring their subordinates to hit the metrics so they can get bonuses somewhere between thirty dollars and $50,000 every single year. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a great point, Steve. You know, uh, before we go to this first break, I'll just add that uh, I no longer give the benefit of the doubt to the rank and file, uh, even in the military uh, and uh, or the FBI, because of what I've been observing and witnessing over these last few years. It's just unbelievable. And I think, I think in both organizations, there's always been a little bit of uh, that stuff behind the mask that we're seeing now, but it's out of control at this point. Uh, well, when we come back, uh, we'll look at the latest insurrection or what it should be. And I want to get Steve's opinion on what we saw yesterday on October the 18th. Uh, I'm Rob Manus talking with FBI, former FBI agent and whistleblower Steve Friend here on The Rob Manus Show. We'll be right back. We 
interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. So take action now. The Federal Reserve's phase deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard and put your hard-earned assets in jeopardy. But here's the good news. There's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Speak to someone at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833 833- 287-2465. Act swiftly. 8332872465. Dollars losing value and your hard-earned savings really are at risk. You can act now before it's too late with one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. You can contact our friends over at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar in volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. You can dial 833, the number 2, USA Gold. That's 833-287-2465 or visit protectfrombiden.com. Welcome back to the Rob Manus Show. We're talking about what I've coined the great absurdity, the near total failure of the United States justice system, which really has been the glue that's bound us together these last hundred years, especially as a free society. Uh, and that's very concerning. We're talking with FBI uh, whistleblower, Steve Friend. Uh, and Steve, uh, let's look at this clip uh, from just yesterday about the latest insurrection. Go ahead and show clip two. Audio, that was a clip of uh, the uh, terrorists supporting protesters, supporting the Islamo-Nazis, Hamas, and their atrocities, the greatest one on, on Jewish civilians since the Holocaust from a, from a size, scope, and, uh, and uh, fatality perspective, which is uh, uh, horrific by, uh, by any century standards, but especially the 21st century standards. And, uh, you know, Congress people were disrupted. You know, official proceedings were disrupted in the U.S. Senate and the House of Representatives yesterday, Steve. And, uh, you know, several Congress people had to be evacuated. 
out of the way because these protesters, and you saw initially somebody being arrested, or at least they looked like they were being arrested. I'm, I'm not sure what the Capitol Police does to these, uh, this side of the political aisles protesters, because obviously they're extreme leftists and Marxists here in the United States of America that will uh, support these, uh, these just uh, abominable uh, savages. What your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, if you want to do a, uh, a comparison here, look, that looked very much like a seditious conspiracy that we've been in, in, informed about from our, our betters for the last three years. Uh, certainly was comparable to anything like that. Uh, what I'd be interested to know is not just of the handling, uh, if there was any arrests or there's any federal charges of those individuals, but uh, were there any members of Congress that maybe offered guided tours of those individuals? It could have put everybody else uh, at risk. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm holding back my tears here on something that was uh, certainly every bit as bad as September 11th and Pearl Harbor, maybe even the Civil War. I'm looking forward uh, very much so to the president giving an address, uh, maybe in front of some red backlighting in front of Independence Hall, where he can talk about how the, those folks are every bit the, the threat to our democracy, violent domestic extremists. Uh, it also looked like there were a lot of Caucasians there, so maybe they themselves could be accused of being uh, white supremacists. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they were they were white, progressive Marxist liberals too, and many of them were females. So maybe it's a it's a female white supremacy uh, uh, insurrection that's being led by that. And you know, you know, uh, previously a president said to his folks, his supporters, to go down to the Capitol and and protest peacefully and patriotically, uh, and is now under indictment. That president is well. Congressman woman uh, Rashida Tlaib, I think from Michigan, uh, is on video yesterday using language that says, we're not kidding. We're for real. We're going to take you on, that kind of language. And then her people were the ones that went and committed the insurrection inside the Capitol yesterday. And uh, I, I tell you, I'm literally shaking, by golly, from what I saw, because uh, having a been in the Pentagon on 9-11, uh, I fear for my life, even down here in southern Mississippi on the beach on the Gulf Coast, uh, from these crazy insurrectionists that span the country. Don't you? Oh, yeah. And I mean, look, we're, we're very tongue-in-cheek here. I, I think it just it puts it on display. I would love to see nothing more than these folks completely let off the hook, because it will just expose our Department of Justice and our FBI are wholly uh, no longer objective forces for good, and that the social compact is completely shattered, and that the only way we can go forward is if we annihilate and defund these agencies, break them into a thousand pieces, scatter them to the wind, because they are not doing the very basic thing that we expect of our government. And look, I, I have a, a son who's now currently in the process of learning the Declaration of Independence, and uh, memorizing the early statements there that we are all uh, entitled to an unalienable rights given to us by God, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the very next sentence of that document says that we, uh, we start government to preserve those rights. And very clearly, it's not doing that. And let's put that on display for more and more folks to know, uh, because as we, as we come into the, the election season, I don't care who you're voting for, uh, the DOJ and the FBI are on the ballot. Here. And you need to demand that of uh, anybody in a primary process or a general election. Uh, if they are unwilling to make massive changes, then uh, they're not in your corner. 
Oh, you're absolutely right. Uh, and we see it playing out, Steve, in the House of Representatives right now, which Republicans control. But we see that our Republicans that are identifying themselves with continuing funding for uh, for this type of government. And, you know, the very next line in the Declaration of Independence, uh, and uh, I had the privilege of te personally teaching my youngest son because I homeschooled him through high school uh, from junior high, uh, the Declaration of Independence itself. Uh, but it says it's our duty and our right, and I'll paraphrase it here, it's our right, no, our duty to abolish said government that no longer serves the purpose of protecting our liberty and reinstitute one that will fulfill that responsibility. Uh, and that's what you're, we're talking about here. But we've got to get people in that building, in that House of Representatives, that have the courage and the desire to re resurrect our American state of independence from that declaration and through the laws and the Constitution. And uh, we're, we're really shorthanded right now. And you can see there are a lot of them that have to be primaried because the reason they're fighting this speaker fight is because they don't want to get out of this three decade long process and habit of passing continuing resolutions and continuing to fund the government no matter what political party controls uh, the executive branch, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think that uh, there's a lot of sound and fury signifying nothing with this speaker fight. Uh, I think they'll look, look, look at the calendar, 29 days until this continuing resolution runs out. I think that they'll come together uh, to pass an omnibus bill uh, that's going to uh, hurt all Americans, and they'll pat themselves on the back and say that they did something very bipartisan, which is what uh, Americans really uh, really require of them, and, and that's just uh, inaccurate. And, and look, I want to go back on uh, talking about the, the weaponization of our Department of Justice and our FBI. Uh, that has spanned the political spectrum. Uh, most now recently, we're hearing about these agaves, anti-government, anti-authority, violent extremists. Uh, before that, it was domestic violent extremists, white supremacists. It's basically just going after anybody who uh, who is a little bit to the right of center politically. But the FBI was content to go after vulnerable Muslims during the early 2000s. And that's something that we, that we exposed in this upcoming uh, police state film that I was a, a part of, uh, the Dinesh D'Souza film that's going to be in theaters next week, 23rd and 25th. We, we exposed that. And uh, it's not even uh, an old problem. I mean, recently, the FBI was trying to infiltrate Antifa in Colorado using undercover officers to try to seduce young men and encourage them to participate in a scheme to purchase weapons illegally. So it's not just folks who are Republican. Um, it is all stripes because the FBI is not doing the bidding that we we want them to do. It's not the, the force that we see on pop culture and movies and in TV shows. It has turned its guns inward on Americans. And that's the problem and why it needs to be broken into a thousand pieces. Well, we've got a hand up over in the Spaces audience. Uh, go ahead, AC. Um, yes, uh, they've already shown their Katankas by, um, there's a clip, a video clip out there of some of the protesters at that at the Capitol yesterday um, getting bail for $50 and a, a slap on the hand. So that is already out there. I think Crowder put it on his show today and other people have that video as well. My second point is, I feel like we're living in the 1700s again, especially the 1770s. Um, like you're dealing with King George all over again with his quartering act, pushing everyone to the very verge. And I feel like half of this country lacks representation. 
we're not represented when it comes to these extreme um, political um, uh, curriculum that they have in the schools. Um, our children aren't safe from being brainwashed in in, in extreme um, beliefs um, that came out of the blue. Um, our taxes are sky high. Our infrastructure is breaking down, and you know we've just reached uh, this this uh, height of hypocrisy where they take an oath. They didn't take an oath to become Democrats or Republicans when it comes to our FBI, when it comes to those that are supposed to protect us from uh, treason within and without our country. Um, and their oath and uh, our judicial system seems to be breaking down. They forgot their oath, and now they're solely biased. And I believe there's a large contingency of our republic that is underrepresented, uh, underrepresented if not not even being represented at all. And so I was lucky today to chaperone my my uh, nine-year-old's fourth grade class, and we got to go back in history and hear a guy who was uh, Paul Revere uh, speaking mm -hmm. on what took place during the Stamp Act, the Sugar Act, the Tea Act, and the Quartering Act, and how it caused those to say no taxation without representation. We're dealing with that again, but the, dif but the differences are our border, our education system, our unhealthy food, and so many other things that are wholly corrupt in, in our republic. Um, so thank you so much for coming out to Whistleblow, and thank you for keeping us informed, and thank you for taking your oath seriously. Not enough people who put their hand on the Bible and the other hand in the air that take that oath really mean it. And I am very much so appreciative of those who do hold strong to their oath and um, stand up for what's right. So thank you so much for everything you've done. And, uh, you know, keep keep up the good fight. Thank you, AC. Uh, you know, it's my opinion, Steve, uh, uh, and I'm in agreement with AC, but I don't, partially anyway, I, I, but I go further. I don't think any regular citizen is represented anymore. You're either a powerful lobbyist representing money interests, the money interests themselves, or the politicians and their families and close circle of friends. And that's really about it because uh, as you could see, these 20 in the fight against Speaker, the possible Speaker Jim Jordan, uh, they're not even putting up excuses. They're just, uh, and you can go back and look at their FEC reports, their their uh, donation reports, and see that uh, it's obvious that they're not listening to the people that voted them in office. Uh, they're representing the lobbyists and their own special interests. Your thoughts? I think we had some parallel thinking there. I mean, I, I really appreciate everything AC said there. That was a very, uh, I'm very grateful for those compliments. Uh, I, I wanted uh, to split hairs with her saying that half the country is not represented. It's far more than that. I, I mean, I would put it uh, you know, definitely into the uh, into three quarters, if not more. Uh, I think probably into the 90 percentile. And uh, I think that there was no greater example than when uh, when Kevin McCarthy was especially uh, vacated as speaker, and then there was reported that there were several members on the floor who were crying about that fact, and and they were crying because I, I believe that they were saying that there were staffers of McCarthy's who were going to lose lose their jobs, and they could summon tears for that but not for people in East Palestine. You know, I was watching the uh, the, the failed uh, motion to, or the, the failed effort to, to elevate Jim Jordan, and I couldn't help but think that these people uh, are, are betters, and I've used that term very loosely, uh, would far prefer to have a 16-course gourmet meal 
at the brownstone in Washington, D.C. with a Hamas fighter from Palestine than spend 10 minutes talking to someone from East Palestine. Yeah, I have to agree with you there, man. Uh, well, we've got to take another break. When we come back, uh, we'll, we'll show a little clip uh, between Tucker Carlson and uh, former Capitol Police Chief Sund, uh, and it'll be interesting. I'm sure so many of you have seen it before, but that'll be the point of our discussion. I'm Rob Manus, Red Voice Media Network. We bring you the facts and the truth, even if it pisses you off. If you're like me and you want to be prepared for the unexpected. That's where the wellness company's emergency medical kit comes Over 40% of Americans say that they would avoid a doctor or a hospital unless it was a catastrophic situation. Medical emergency kits with ivermectin. The kit contains eight potentially life-saving medications for you to keep on hand in the event of natural disasters, supply chain shortages, medical emergencies, or like an apocalyptic situation. These are the actual medications that you would need in the event of certain situations. So they've got emergency antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics. director that there were intelligence whatever you want to call them operatives people who were in contact with mm -hmm. the FBI were in the crowd that day you know not identified as such would that information have reached you would you know about that so it, it, it it's interesting you ask that because within a few days of January 6th I had a media reach out to me and go hey you were FBI had undercovers in the uh, crowd I was like oh no they would have told me I had I had Steve Dano, the head of Washington Field Office, on a call the day before. Didn't say anything to me about it. And now to see that they allegedly, according to the GAO report, had 18 operatives in the crowd, that's a lot of operatives. So when you look at the intelligence, intelligence was handled differently than any of those big events that we talk about, especially for a big event that we see now, the threat stream that was associated with it. You know, whether it was IMF World Bank, you remember the, the 2000 Very, very IMF, well. Pretty I was there for that. Yeah. 2000, um, the Bush inaugurations, the violence with that, um, we would have had an executive briefing with the FBI, would have been called into a skiff, the, the, all the local chiefs saying, hey, this is the type of stuff we're seeing. There would have been a, what's called a jib, a joint intelligence bulletin pushed out. None of that was done. This time. No conference call. I mean, it would have been, an, would have been usual for FBI to host a, a regional conference call. But you think 18 is a lot for that kind of event? I, I think so. I mean, I, I, I was telling so in the fact that we weren't aware and I think DHS is now saying they had a number of uh, uh, HSI, Homeland Security Investigations, uh, people in there as well. So it sounds like a number of the intelligence agencies had resources uh, in the crowd. So it was in, in the parlance of the Internet, it was crawling with feds. I would say there was a, there was a fair amount of law enforcement in the crowd. That's what, that's what it now appears when you have the 18. And I think uh, DHSI said they had 20 possibly possibly 20 out there, if not more, uh, that starts turning into a lot of people. Have you ever seen anything like that before? No, I have not. Not not that many. Not, not for a major event in Washington, D.C., uh, down in the mall. I might expect to see, you know, uh, Secret Service may have some undercovers. Yeah, FBI may have a couple. You know, MPD may have a couple, but nothing like that. That's a lot. Agents have been telling us they've got...
Welcome back to the Rob Maynard Show. Uh, we're talking uh, live with uh, FBI, former FBI agent and whistleblower Steve Friend. And uh, Steve, that clip was from the National Pulse of the leaked uh, video from the show that Tucker shot with Chief Sun before he left Fox. It never aired. Uh, and then I think later he put out a, a show on X with a cleaned audio. That's why you heard the clicking and everything there. And that's via Raheem Kassam's National Pulse, folks. Uh, thankful to Raheem for putting that out. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the points that I wanted to ask you about was him saying, you know, th these numbers are highly unusual. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure that those numbers are even close to what the facts, the reality is, not just not necessarily the facts, but what the reality is, quite frankly. And, and just wanted to get your thoughts on on that and, uh, and that, uh, uh, that we still can't really get a straight answer out of this whole thing. And when you juxtapose the J6 incident onto the Whitmer kidnapping, Fednapping case, where most of those guys actually were acquitted. Uh, now we see with the most recent trial uh, because of uh, because of entrapment by the federal government and the FBI. It's uh, it's really concerning. It is. I mean, I'll, I'll take that last part first. Look, I, I was involved in a small capacity with the Whitmer case, and then, and I was there as a SWAT operator for the the arrest component of it, and we got a thirty thousand foot explanation of what happened, and uh, we were completely the wool was pulled over our eyes. They they were represented to us to be near peer that they had training and equipment, and they were intending to get into this gunfight with us. And as a result, I followed that case. I mean, I, I took an interest in it. I, I, I this the participation. It was sort of like one of these, uh, you know, if your if your career is a baseball card, you know, you, you put that on the back, right? Because it was just so high profile. And yeah, it was very clear that those individuals were not predisposed to commit any sort of violent act. But the FBI introduced undercovers and informants, which is something that uh, Chief Sun didn't nearly discuss there. Um, and enticed them and provoked them to participate, or at least. Uh, led them far enough down um, by the nose to uh, enough down the road to, to charge them because the actual legal definition of entrapment is not what we sort of interpret it to mean, um, what we sort of understand it would mean. And then and applying that to January 6th, I have no doubt that there were undercovers there just from a security standpoint. Any time there's going to be a large gathering, it would be a dereliction of duty for you to not put undercover assets in place, just to identify, to be... A, uh, a spotter or any sort of a bad actor that uh, the uniformed police could enter the crowd and pull that person out because you don't want anything bad to happen. But uh, now we have the question of whether or not they were working for the other side and they were actually provoking individuals to do things. And I think that uh, there were organizations who were there, groups of people that they were infiltrated by not only undercovers, but by informants. And what you have to understand about national security informants is that they are only paid when they are productive. So what will happen is they'll they'll infiltrate a group and they will push that group to do things that they're not really wanting to do or intending to do. And yeah. then sure enough, you find them over at the Capitol and they're being led by the informant there as a result of that. So it, the Venn diagram certainly overlaps quite a bit with the Whitmer case on January 6th, even up to uh, what Chief Sud mentioned, Stephen D'Antuano, who was the special agent in charge of Detroit when the Whitmer case happened, and then in Washington field office when January 6th happened. So the, you have this similar characters there, which again is, is just another red flag of so what actually happened that day.
Yeah, exactly, man. And when when you just just take the numbers of 18 undercovers uh, for the FBI, 20 for DHS, I think you mentioned, and then then I've heard a number of uh, of over 24 Metro PD undercover, and and there's body cam footage of Metro PD undercover officers uh, encouraging people to go up the hill, go through the doors, you know that kind of stuff. Uh, and, dress, and, and admitting that they dressed up as uh, Antifa at one point, uh, and that that's kind of an SOP, a standard operating procedure. When you combine those numbers, which is you know about 50, and then you throw in CHS's confidential human sources and paid informants, uh, there could have been more than 100 federal operatives and, and local police operatives, although Metro PD, I consider them federal too, because they're part of the District of Columbia. And then the Capitol Police, I don't know what they were, were doing. I doubt that, I, I seriously doubt that they were capable of putting undercovers out there at that point because they got they seemed to get misled on the intelligence and those kind of things from what Sund has said. I think Chief Sun might even be underestimating it. Uh, and I think that the information he was given uh, probably was, was way underselling it. Like look at the Whitmer case. I believe there was a situation in that case where there were 18 people in a room and 12 of them were either undercover or informants. To get, mm-hmm. So to get six people, they had 2x that as far as being federal assets. So for, for a gathering the size of January 6th, uh, to say 18 undercovers to me seems very low. I mean, and, and it might just be the fact of actual, to be a undercover employee in the FBI, you have to go through significant training uh, and to get that designation. That doesn't mean that that doesn't uh, count plainclothes people who are just there um, and because they had to toss them in, uh, as a, they would say, as a security measure. But uh, again, as we saw the video of them pushing the crowd forward, there could have been plainclothes there, people too, who, because they didn't have the UCE undercover employee designation, the FBI is sort of skirting uh, the honesty on that. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, well, we, we do have another hand up from the live audience. Go ahead, Kat. I see your hand up there. Appreciate you, Colonel. Hey, Steve, I, I just wanted to say, uh, reiterate, reiterate what AC said and say, I really appreciate the fact that you have the intestinal fortitude to take a stand and become a whistleblower. I know it hasn't been easy for you or your family. I've read your book. Um, I, my Thanks. question to you is this, and yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what, I'm a 15 year uh, retired deputy. And for me to say, I think they should demolish the, the FBI, hurts my heart a little bit. I've always looked up to the FBI as the premier agency, but I agree with you. Um, that being said, if you had an opportunity, let's say Trump gets back in in 2024 and he called upon you to ask your advice on how to do that, what would be your advice to him? Because we have a compromised DOJ as far as I'm concerned as well. So I'm just curious what you would say to him to like make that move, to dismantle that. So here would be my recommendation. You could dismantle the FBI, but you're probably going to have to put something else in its place. Um, or we could gut it entirely and, and, and build it up as an unarmed bureau of investigation. And, and here's the thing. Congress could do that today. You could defund the Series 1811 criminal investigator position. That's the special agent. I would actually do that for all federal agencies with the exception of the U.S. Marshals and give them a limited number and they they would basically be responsible for fugitive capture. And essentially, they would then be the force that would do what I want them to do, and that is deputize local agencies and give them cross-deputization. And here's where this would actually make the FBI or ATF or DEA a better force. 
they would bring resources to bear, they would have technology and assets, they would partner with local agencies, and those folks bring the personnel and the local know-how and the incentive structure. So instead of having the quota system where you're trying to bring the numbers up, you elect the sheriff to bring the crime down. The sheriff's gonna say, look, FBI, you wanna investigate uh, the colonel here for uh, domestic terrorism? No, uh, you don't have my approval to do that. But I tell you what you can do is you can throw some uh, some bodies over at my fentanyl problem that I have on this, this corner house. And, and that would direct the resources and the attention of the FBI to what the local agencies and local populaces really need and empower local law enforcement. We're not defunding the FBI. We're empowering local sheriffs, local police chiefs, and giving them the resources and the attention to actually address the problems that the locality needs. And they can stand there as a bulwark against an out-of-control weaponized DOJ because the DOJ will not have cases because the FBI will not be bringing them in. Yeah, absolutely. Have you talked to the Congress about that that proposal yet? I have. I've I've, I've thrown that out. Um, I, I've written about it uh, to, to some other uh, prominent, more prominent uh, people in media than me, and then they've they've liked that. I threw it over to to Matt Gates's office. Uh, unfortunately, though, it looks like this weaponization committee is just kind of grinding, and they're sort of like a, a cat looking at laser pointers, and and they they can't seem to maintain focus. So maybe uh, if if Jordan is elevated speaker or somebody else, um, there, there would definitely be a shakeup at the weaponization committee. He wouldn't be able to oversee it anymore. We need to have more energy uh, at the FBI weaponization. It can't just be uh, we're going to fight about uh, Twitter censorship, which is important. But uh, I think that uh, the fact that Twitter doesn't have a gun or the ability to take away your freedom. Absolutely. And uh, when we come back from this uh, break, Steve, uh, we'll talk about the southern border and and the major threat that we need the FBI and every federal law enforcement agency focused on, and that's the Islamo-Nazi, Hamas people, and every other uh, bad adversary that's coming through that border. I'm Rob Manus, Red Voice Media Network. We'll be right back. Attention Americans, breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. Take action now. The Federal Reserve phase deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard. Your hard-earned assets are in jeopardy. But there's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Reach out to American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Be smart. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Visit protectfrombiden.com to get your free guide and get started. Again, that's protectfrombiden.com.
agents have been telling us they've got extreme concerns about who is crossing our southern border, primarily because so many agents have been pulled off the front lines to instead focus on processing. And that then leaves gaps in our border where we simply have nobody out on patrol. And the numbers are startling. We'll start with the terror watch list numbers. Fiscal year 2023 so far, 151 people on the FBI's terror watch list have been arrested by Border Patrol agents while they were crossing illegally here at our southern border. That is the highest number on record. It's also higher than the previous six years combined. The highest number under Trump was six. We got 151 this year so far. Now, the Biden administration says, well, that shows they're catching more people, right? Not exactly. We'll talk about the gotaways. CBP sources telling us since President Biden took office, there have been well over 1.5 million known gotaways at our southern border. These are illegal immigrants who are crossing the border and are seen on cameras or sensors, but Border Patrol doesn't have the manpower to get to them, so they successfully get into the United States without capture. For perspective, that is a population size bigger than the city of Dallas, Texas, that has successfully snuck across our border and gotten into the United States without apprehension. It's enough people to fill up 16 Rose Bowls in Pasadena, California. We also got some brand new internal CBP data leaked to us this morning from CBP sources. If we can pull this graphic up, uh, this data showing that thousands of so-called special interest aliens have been arrested by Border Patrol while crossing at our southern border illegally over the last two years. These special interest countries are what the federal government determines countries or, or uh, conditions that favor terrorism or could potentially pose a threat to the United States. But you can see these countries, thousands from Afghanistan, more than 600 from Iran, more than 160 from Lebanon, the home of Hezbollah, more than 500 people from Syria, the home of ISIS, more than 130 from Yemen, home of the Houthi rebels. And former Border Patrol Chief Rodney Scott, who served under both President Trump and President Biden, says when Border Patrol agents encounter these people, they basically have no way of knowing who they are. Take a listen. An open border allowing anybody to come in is an act. Patrol agents have been. Welcome back to the Rob Mana Show. We're talking with uh, former FBI agent and whistleblower Steve Friend. Uh, I might also add that he's a fellow at the Center for Renewing America. I think I got that right. Uh, Russ Vaught uh, runs that uh, organization. He's a friend of mine. Some great people that are uh, over there uh, that are your colleagues, Steve. And uh, we definitely appreciate everything that y'all are doing in that organization. Uh, it's very key to the upcoming administration, no matter who, which Republican wins, if a Republican can get into the uh, presidency. Well, I wanted to spend this last segment talking about this issue. Uh, of the southern border, you everybody heard the numbers. You, when you add up the numbers from those special interest countries that were on that chart on the slide that the Spaces audience couldn't see, it's more than 60,000 that have been apprehended from those. And, I, and I'll remind everybody, just before this show started, Yemen fired missiles that had to be intercepted by the United States Navy. Uh, and uh, the Navy has said that they think the missiles were targeted at Israel, but they were in their flight path and they took them down. So, uh, you know, 139 apprehended from Yemen means that there's a number that's greater than one to one, a one to one ratio of gotaways probably in that group, because that's how the gotaways work. It's a certain percentage uh, of what the they were actually apprehended that get away. And uh, we have a pretty good idea of what those numbers are, man. The FBI should really be focusing on that, not bragging in Newsweek about now they're 
they got a special program to to uh, surveil Trump supporters. Yeah, that's uh, th that's the article that came out uh, courtesy of uh, William Arkin, who is a uh, very uh, dependable mouthpiece for the DOD and for the DOJ. So I think that the uh, the FBI is actually trying to put out this uh, information to a soft place and get ahead of uh, bad information. I actually also think that that's because they suspect that this Dinesh D'Souza movie is going to expose them for a lot. But yeah, what it what it did. Uh, reveal is this agave acronym anti-government anti-authority violent extremism essentially it's going to be people who, who vote for uh, america first maga candidates for office and the fbi is going to always issue the caveat that they do not investigate first amendment protected activity that's complete hogwash they do they investigate it and then they find something else to justify having the investigation seen it happen it's fairly regular and uh this is the problem when the uh the the agencies that you depend on to uh, to be the sentry on the wall against uh, outside nefarious actors uh, run out of things to do. And uh, mission creep happens, and they start to look inward for opportunities, which is how you get homegrown violent extremism, as the label went in the early 2000s, to domestic yeah. violent extremism, and now to the Agave label. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's unfortunate because there's plenty for them to do, really, uh, in in the mission line of operation that they should be focusing on, which is like the southern border issue. I mean, unbelievable numbers there uh, since President Biden took office. Uh, and uh, if you don't think the bad guys are here and organizing and preparing and planning to execute uh, a violent mission, then you really need to go get some mental health help, if you, uh, my fellow Americans, if you don't think that that's capable of happening and that it more than likely will happen. Uh, on their timing, because we haven't kept track of, as far as I can tell, we're too busy tracking down people. Look, I, I fly a Betsy Ross flag on my flagpole and have ever since Biden gave the uh, the red sermon uh, in front of the Independence Hall of all places, uh, calling me and half of America, uh, you know, undemocratic, domestic enemies, and all kinds of things. And uh, I guess I'm on a list somewhere. That's why I won't talk to anybody in the FBI without an attorney president. Well, and, and look, here's just, just simple numbers. I mean, look, it's, it's projected that we're going to have about 10 million people cross the border during the four-year Biden administration. So let's say that 99% of them are on the up and up, good people. That leaves 100,000 people who are not. Let's say it's 99.9. .9, that's 10,000 people who are not up to no good. How many people did it take to uh, unleash September 11th on our country? It was less than 20. Less than 20, just, probably about 50 logistic support. And, yeah. I, and, and just when you think of it that way, and then you combine that with, uh, well, two things, really. I mean, a similar comparison to we've allowed 2.3 million people in the country from uh, radical Muslim countries since September 11th. Mm -hmm. and, and then you could have a similar line of vetting there and, and realize how at risk we are. And then I'll combine it with uh, my, my, my theory here where, look, I, I learned real early in school and a teacher talked to me about China. And he said that, look, China could uh, order 1 million people to cross the border and surrender on Monday. And then yeah. on Tuesday, do the same thing. And on Wednesday, the same thing. And repeat that pattern until whoever their enemy is has to surrender in any sort of conflict without actually firing a shot. What is the difference between that strategy and what's going on at our southern border where we've just overwhelmed? and we're going to be taken down by our own welfare and broken immigration system. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a, it's a compelling and frightening, uh, especially for people that have worked in national security all our lives in one way or another, whether it's uh, in law enforcement, intelligence, or in the military. When you think about it, and Fox News reported last week that over 26,000 military-aged Chinese males have come through that southern border uh, in one way or another since the Biden administration took office. 26,000. I interviewed Michael Yan. I don't know if you ever heard of him, uh, who goes down to the Darien Gap at southern Panama and, and monitors that trail. And by his count, uh, you know, he estimated about 18,000, but he reiterated to me that he doesn't monitor the airports that come into Mexico City uh, from China and those kind of places where they come through the southern border after they land in Mexico. He's just looking at the Darien Gap uh, Trail and the camps that we've set up down there. And, and that's not even accounting for individuals who are not of Chinese extraction, but are still funded by the Chinese government in order to, to do it because they don't care. They, chaos is what they want. They don't necessarily need to be all of their people. Exactly. Well, Steve, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been great uh, information, and thank you to the Spaces audience. We appreciate it. I'll be over there for a couple of minutes after the live show ends here. Uh, but uh, tell people where they can find your book uh, and uh, where they can find you on social media. Yeah, you can find me on, on X, at Real Steve Friend, and I'm on Truth Social, at Real underscore Steve Friend. Uh, the book is uh, pinned to the top of both of those profiles. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, it's called True Blue, My Journey from Beat Cop to Suspended FBI Whistleblower. Uh, it's hit the bestseller a few times in a couple of different categories on Amazon. But it's doing well enough for Amazon to come back and ask for a second uh, round of uh, publishing. So a uh, good gift for, for the holidays as they approach. And uh, I always like to tell folks, if you have spending money in this Let's Go Brandon economy, I'd, I'd appreciate you picking up a copy and maybe a second copy that you can send over to Chris Perret at the uh, FBI headquarters. Uh, I hope he's got uh, a thousand of them or so sitting on his front porch. Uh, maybe he'll re pick it up and read it. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you around uh, the country here. Uh, keep up the great work, and thank you for your courage. Yes, sir. Thank you. God bless. God bless you. Well, folks, uh, it takes courage, as you, you folks in the Spaces audience pointed out, and thanks, Steve, for, and that's what it takes. So uh, also follow uh, Center for Renewing America. They're on X. Uh, just Google you know, search for that on there and you can follow them. And Russ Boat, uh, who was Trump's uh, OMB director at the end there and has developed the strategy for getting rid of all of these leftists that are in the federal government as soon as Donald Trump gets back in office is, uh, is running that organization. So you should follow him too. And we're gonna have him on back on the show soon here in the next few weeks. I'm working on the schedule right now. Well, Monday is more War Monday. Gavin Wax, the president, chairman of the New York Young Republicans, the most America first young Republican group in the United States of America, is going to join me to do some analysis on all of the unfortunate wars that we're now either involved in or about to be involved in. And I'll see you later. And Tucker's still laughing. <laughs>
Biden and his cronies have lost over $3 trillion of America's retirement savings in 2022 alone. With inflation running rampant and the stock market crashing, do you have a plan to protect your wealth? Our friends at American Alternative Assets help you protect your retirement savings by rolling over your IRA or 401k into a gold IRA. Fact is, you can hold physical gold and silver in your retirement account while maintaining its tax-deferred status. Visit protectfrombiden.com today to get your free wealth protection guide. This guide will give you all the answers you need. American Alternative Assets is an A-plus and accredited member of the Better Business Bureau. Protect your savings now before it's too late. Visit protectfrombiden.com. Individual results may vary. There is no guarantee that past performance will be indicative of future results.